The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic end to your weekend. Brandon Marcus here on a Sunday afternoon. Apologies for taking so long to get you a pod. It has been a week and a half, obviously, having a newborn here. Not a whole lot of time that I get here to actually record a podcast, trying to give my wife some relief when I get a chance to come home from work. So uh, here we are on a Sunday afternoon Tried to get a couple of different guests on the show, but unfortunately, it's been a busy weekend for everyone. So just solo today, and I just want to go over a couple of things and bring you some numbers that have stood out as the Clippers currently sit trailing in the series two games to one, but a really impressive 132-106 victory yesterday in game number three. As always, you can follow me, Brandon Marcus, on Twitter at BDMarcus. At Hoopball Clips is the Twitter handle for the podcast. So the win yesterday obviously was needed. I mean, the Clippers once again found themselves down two games to nothing in the series. And so for the Clippers, it was a matter of a must win. You couldn't go down 3-0. You're not coming back from down 3-0. Need to get the win. You're hoping that the Clippers would go home and they'd get some more legs underneath them. Kawhi and PG would perform, and that's exactly what happened. And Kawhi Leonard was fantastic. 34 points for him, 14 of 24, 38 minutes, which I think is important to keep him under 40 as many times as possible because, boy, the minutes are racking up, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Paul George, 31 points for him. A welcome sight to see him go 6 of 10 from deep, 12 of 24 from the field. They were 26 of 48 combined, I mean, it's what you needed, right? I mean, the two guys combined for 65 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. And they shot over 50%. And more importantly, the two combined were 7 of 16 from 3. I mean, Kawhi was 1 of 6, not good, obviously. But PG was great, 6 for 10. And the Stars had not been there the first couple of games, the production just was not there. The two of them were being outplayed by Donovan Mitchell every single night for the first two matchups, and something needed to change, and finally it did. I mean, you look at what Donovan Mitchell did the first two games of the series. 16 of 30 in game one for 45 points, 15 of 29 for 37 points in game number two. He's shooting over 50%. Guys, this is not someone that shoots 50% normally. He was still really good in game three, shot 46%, 11 of 24, and he had five threes. But 30 points is a lot better than 45 or 37. And really, more importantly, the role players didn't do a whole lot for Utah. I mean, Bogdanovich had nine points. Jordan Clarkson, who had been just fantastic, had only 14, which is crazy to say that about a guy in Jordan Clarkson that was uh, someone in the Lakers that I think they were okay getting rid of at different points, but it was the lowest output for Clarkson so far. He had 18 in Game 1 and 24 in Game 2. And so by limiting Clarkson, by limiting Mitchell to a somewhat reasonable total, and by Kawhi and PG performing, the Clippers found themselves in a spot where they could actually win the game. And 
they are now at two games to one, which is absolutely critical going into game number two tomorrow, or rather game number four tomorrow, and the second game at Staples Center. And more of the same needs to happen. Really, more of the same needs to happen. There are some numbers. I know all of you guys are not on Twitter, and I'm sure some of you have seen these numbers. Um, just some great stuff that is being put up by guys um, like Justin Russo and also um, other beat writers as well that I'll bring up that just has been really interesting to see. Um, first of all, before we get to a stat, I think it's interesting that post game yesterday, Paul George said that he and Kawhi both understand they've got to be aggressive from this point on and do what it takes to win. And that's just the mentality we had last night. Um, of course, last night is what I added in because that was what he said yesterday. I think that's a little frustrating. And I think I can echo the sentiments of a lot of Clippers fans when they say it's frustrating that it took this long for Kawhi and PG to realize they got to be aggressive. You look at what Donovan Mitchell did in game one, and Clippers fans are wondering why Kawhi and PG could, couldn't do the same. Why did it take this long, being down two games to nothing? And you could say the same thing about what's happened the last series. When you look at how Kawhi has really kicked into overdrive in the last couple of games when they really needed it. I think the one thing that's frustrating about this team is that they're waiting and waiting until their back is up against the wall and they need to perform. And frankly, that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, because you're going to be put in a situation where it's do or die and a lot of pressure is going to be on you and it's just not going to work out. You, you can't do that. You can't continue to put that amount of pressure on yourselves to make the shots down the stretch because eventually they're not going to fall. Second of all, you're going to kill your legs when you continue to wait until the fourth quarter or wait until you're down two games to nothing or wait until you're down three games to two to actually come out with the type of effort that you should have had in game one, then you're going to have seven games underneath your belt in round one, seven games possibly underneath your, your legs in game number two. You're not going to make it to the NBA finals. You're just not. The human body is not constructed to go seven games in round one, seven games in round two, seven games in round three, and then go to the NBA Finals and win it. I mean, that's damn near impossible. And I, I thought what Law tweeted earlier today was really interesting because I don't think people realize how many minutes the Clippers have played so far this season. So through last night, this is from Law Murray of The Athletic. Paul George had played 403 minutes. That's number one in the postseason. Kawhi had played 397. That's number two in the postseason. Marcus Morris is number four at 326. So a big drop-off from Kawhi Leonard at 397 to Marcus Morris at 326. But look at the amount of time that PG and Kawhi are having to stay on the floor. And what's interesting to me about this is that those are the two guys that just aren't showing up consistently and waiting, for example, why is Kawhi Leonard waiting until Game 6 or Game 7 to guard Luka? I understand they continue to do switches, but so they're not doing switches in Game 6, and that's why you're able to guard Luka as much. So that's the thing that's frustrating to me. You need to be able to adjust, you need to stop switching, you need to stay with your man, and figure it out defensively, where you don't need to put this pressure on yourselves in Game number 6 and 7, because you're doing it right in Games 1 and 2. 
And that's the thing that's been the most frustrating thing for me to see is that your stars are not acting like the guys that need to be aggressive in game one. And I think and I hope that the lesson has been learned and hopefully it means that they're going to start to be aggressive right away. And speaking of which, when you talk about right away and you look at what has been happening to the Clippers at the start of games, this is courtesy of Justin Russo, who is really good on Twitter, fly by night. The Clippers have lost all 10 opening tips this postseason. Okay, there's been 10 jump balls to start the game. They've lost all 10. The opposition has scored on their on their possession, the first possession, 9 of 10 times. 10 opening tips. The opponent has scored 9 of 10 times. By the time the Clippers scored their first points of the game, they have been outscored by a combined 48 to nothing. And I'm going to go through quickly what the numbers were. Game 1 versus Dallas, it was 4 nothing. Game 2, 5 nothing. Game 3, 11 nothing. Game 4, 4 nothing. Game 5, 7 nothing. Game 6 and Game 7, 2 nothing. Game 1, 2 nothing. Game 2, 3 nothing. Game 3, 8 nothing. I understand some of those numbers are small, but that means the Clippers have now been trailing in all 10 games to start because they're losing the opening tip and the opponent is scoring 90% of the time on that first possession. You can't continue to put yourselves in that hole. It's the same thing with Kawhi and PG. Why are you waiting until game six to put forth the performance that you should be putting forth in game one? Why are you waiting until two or three minutes have come off the clock to be putting forth the performance that you should be putting from the jump? It's extremely frustrating. It's really frustrating. And and this is another stat that I saw on Twitter. And I, I think a lot of these numbers really tell the story of what's going on this postseason, which is why I'm sharing them. Kawhi Leonard is perfect in the fourth quarter and Clippers wins this playoffs, okay? 43 points in 43 minutes. 16 of 16 from the field. 4 of 4 from 3. 7 of 7 from the free throw line. That's courtesy of StatMuse. You understand those numbers? In Clippers wins in the fourth quarters, Clippers guard Kawhi Leonard slash forward has not missed, has not missed 16 of 16 from the field. It's frankly unbelievable. All right, before we give you some more really good stats, I think tell a story of this series and we talk a little bit more about this series. You want to bet the series? You think the Clippers are going to come back from down two games to one while they were sitting at over plus 320, I believe, after they went down 2-0, I think now it's at about plus 190 if you want to take the Clippers to win the series. But where can you bet? How about mybookie.ag? Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Only place that I trust to handle my NBA playoff bets, my NHL hockey playoff bets, my Premier League bets when they come around. The Euro Cup, of course, is going on right now. And those guys over at Hoopball Gaming are giving out their picks on the Euros. They're giving out their picks on golf. Devin does a great job heading up that department. The guy has been red hot. Go ahead, check out Hoopball Gaming, and get the pass that allows you to see what they are betting. Okay, Go ahead, check out Hoopball Gaming, and sign up 
get their bets. I know you want to do it. The wager pass is where you can go and get their picks, make some money. They want to win. They want you to win. And go ahead and go to my bookie and bet. It's simple. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. Enter your, oh, get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Enter the pro, promo code HOOPBALL. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. So, one thing that Joey and I talked about last weekend when we were previewing this series between the Clippers and the Jazz. We talked a lot about what the starting lineup was going to look like and whether we were going to see Pat Beverly back into the rotation, whether we're going to see Zoo back and getting big minutes. And we talked about Pat Beverly and Joey put out a video, um, Joey Lynn underscore on Twitter. And he talked about how Pat Bev has just been the only guy that's been able to slow down Donovan Mitchell this season whenever the Clippers face Utah. And it's one of those things where you got to play Pat Beverly. So it's fascinating because we'll talk about Reggie Jackson a little bit because my goodness, has he been unbelievable. It, it, this really is Reggie Jackson's team right now. The way he's performing, it's unbelievable. Of course, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but unbelievable how good he has been. So Donovan Mitchell, in this series, when Pat Bev is on the floor, and this is courtesy of Joey, 25 minutes, 15 points in those 25 minutes, so that's less than a point per minute, 37% from the field, 37% from three, and a plus-minus of minus 15. When Pat Bev is on the floor, the Clippers are outscoring the Utah Jazz by 15. When Pat Bev is off the floor, 84 minutes, 97 points, over a point per minute when Pat Bev is off the floor for Donovan Mitchell, shooting 54% compared to 37%. And he's shooting 50% from three compared to 37% from three and a plus minus of plus eight. The Jazz are outscoring the Clippers by eight when Pat Bev is off the floor. Okay, so Pat Beverly clearly needs to play. And yesterday, Pat Beverly played 16 minutes and he was a plus nine in the game. They won by 26, which is actually pretty low. But nonetheless, you saw his impact whenever he is on Donovan Mitchell he just makes things harder for him. And you even saw a play, I believe it was in game one, when Pat Bev was on the floor and he wasn't even guarding Donovan Mitchell, but he read a pass from Donovan Mitchell and stole it. it it's just that type of impact that Pat Beverly brings to your team. And now the difficult part for Ty Lue is figuring out how to play him and not eat into Reggie Jackson's minutes. Because Reggie Jackson, who played 29 minutes last night, has been unbelievable from three. I mean, it is, frankly, staggering to see what Reggie Jackson has done from three. When you look at his numbers this postseason, Reggie Jackson has hit three or more threes in every single game apart from game one against Dallas. That's how important he has been to this team that, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you know the Clippers are a team that when they shoot the ball, ball well from three, they're going to win the game. Yesterday, he was five of six from three. He had 17 points. He has just been spectacular. And he is someone that hashtag stay Reggie, courtesy of Adam Osland, that has really been 
ready for the moment. No matter what, Reggie Jackson is ready if he's coming off the bench, if he's starting, if he's needed to contribute offensively. He has just been spectacular. And you cannot say enough about the job Reggie Jackson has done. So he plays 29 minutes. Beverly plays 16. So what does that mean? That means you've got to cut Rondo out of the rotation. And as good as Rondo was in moments, you're now seeing over the last four games or so, of course, he didn't play last game, but you saw in the last couple of games against Dallas and you saw in the first couple of games against Utah, why Justin Wilson and other guys on Twitter did not want to see Rondo on the Clippers and why I got tricked initially into saying, you know what, Clippers don't need a guard. I still believe that the Rondo acquisition was important. I don't think they win that Dallas series without Rondo. So the change has been made. Rondo's been benched, just like Pat Bev was not a fit for the series against Dallas. Rondo's not a fit for the series against Utah. So Ty Lue has made the decision. He also decided to DNPCD DeMarcus Cousins, who was playing way too much for my liking. Sure, he had a couple of nice buckets on the offensive end um, in games one and two, but he just was not good enough defensively. He was too slow and just too much of him. When you have guys like Morris and Batum and Terrence Mann, you need to get those guys minutes, okay? You need to get those guys minutes. Um, Speaking of Nick Batum, 35 minutes in the game yesterday, 17.7 rebounds. We've talked about in this podcast how important Nick Batum has been to this team this season. And in game one, he didn't play a whole lot because... The legs just weren't there after playing seven games against Dallas. They wanted to rest him a little bit. Um, you see how important he is. He needs to be playing. It's it's that simple. He has just been spectacular. Um, it's one of those things with him where he's now playing as the five because Zoo obviously was sent back to the bench. That was a change that Ty Lue made, and good for him. He made the adjustment. He went... Back to Ty, he went back to Zoo for game two, decided, you know what, that didn't work. I don't like that Rudy Gobert can hang out in the paint when Zoo starts. So I'm going to go ahead and start Batum. And Batum was able to stretch the floor and help the Clippers' offense. And this is courtesy of Shane Young. In 10 playoff games, the Clippers' plus minus is greatest with Nick Batum on the floor. It's a plus 92. The Clippers are outscoring their opponents by 92 with Nick Batum on the floor. The next highest. That's Terrence Mann, of course, at plus 60. When Nick Batum is off the floor, the Clippers are minus 39, largest on the team. Clippers are being outscored by 39 points when Nick Batum is off the floor. When he's on the floor, outscoring their opponents by 92. Okay, that tells you all you need to know. Nick Batum needs to play. It's that simple. And... If Marcus Morris isn't hitting his threes and Terrence Mann is providing you with good defense and Luke Kennard is hitting his threes, then Marcus Morris needs to sit. And that's what happened yesterday. He played 22 minutes. As good as he was in game number seven, and the Clippers don't win game seven against Dallas without the performance of Marcus Morris, he shouldn't be playing big minutes unless he was hitting his shots. And he wasn't. He wasn't. Paul George played 38 minutes last night. Kawhi played 38, Batum played 35, 29 for Reggie Jackson, 22 for Mann and Morris, 17 for Kennard, 16 for Bev, 13 for Zoo. 
it's really this this simple, guys and gals. It's this simple. These are the guys you need to play. You need to play Batum, Kawhi, PG, and then Reggie Jackson needs to play if he's shooting and making the basket or making his shots, which he is. Morris provides you something nice defensively. He helps you rebound the basketball as well. Um, but you need to get other guys' minutes. You need to get Bev in there because his defense has just been spectacular this series. You need to get Luke Kennard in there. Luke Kennard has just been spectacular from three. And what he does, and you may be saying, well, he, he's not doing that much offensively, but the presence of Luke Kennard makes the defense respect him. And when you do that, and you spread the floor that well, less pressure is on Kawhi and PG. And they have more room to operate. It's not just about the production of the other guys. It's what they do and bring to the team. When Marcus Morris isn't hitting his shots, they don't need to respect him. When Rondo's not hitting his shots, they don't need to respect him. You need to put guys on the floor that are hitting their shots and that are respected. And that's what's happening right now with Luke Kennard. And Terrence Mann brings you energy. I don't know why he went out of the rotation. It never made sense. Uh, seven points, four rebounds for him. A plus 21 in the game yesterday. Two of five from the field, one of two from three. He's a guy that just provides energy. And you need to see that. You need to see guys like Terrence Mann providing energy. And I think the Clippers have figured out the rotations. But now it's about stopping Utah in game number four. And despite the fact that the Clippers won by 26, Utah still hit 19 threes yesterday. So there's a couple of things you can take from that. Number one, the Clippers still haven't figured out a way to slow down Utah from three. Number two, the Clippers can still win when Utah goes off from three. And why is that? It's because their stars, Kawhi and PG, are contributing. And they've been fantastic in these wins. And number two, if you limit the other guys. Bogdanovich was one for five from three. Clarkson was only four of nine from three. And he's the only guy that hit a three off the bench for Utah. Okay, so O'Neal, Ingles, Mitchell, of course, they're, they're going to get theirs. But you really need, as long as you stop a couple of these bench guys, you're going to be in good shape. And the Clippers need to stop waiting so damn long to put the best defender on the best player in Mitchell. Put forth 100% effort from the tip. Stop waiting so long. You don't have much time. Time is running out here in the postseason. You need to limit the amount of time that you're playing on the floor. If you can avoid going seven games and winning six, that is massive. That's 45 less minutes. 40 to 45 less, less minutes on your legs. That's so big. So big. And it's another day of rest. If you don't go seven games, it's another day of rest. Because my guess is no matter what, with the way this Nuggets Sun series is trending, you're going to be playing either two days after game six ends or game seven ends or three days. Okay. You're not going to get much time off. And if you win in six, you might get that extra day. If it ends, let's say, I don't know when the series, it's every single, it's every other day. So Monday is four game six is Friday. So let's say the Clippers end on Friday. It's most likely they're going to start game one on Sunday to get ratings, but Listen, if they start on Monday, that's just an extra day. So take it to them. Take it to them, all right? Take it to them. You know what's right around the corner? Father's Day. 
Have you figured out what you're going to get for your dad? No? I know what you can do. Head over to Manscaped because Father's Day is just around the corner and you need a gift for dad. Make him proud. Get the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Not the 3.0. The 4.0. 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. It's the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and just launched that Lawnmower 4.0. That fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You might ask, how is this Lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, upgraded trimmer includes a multi function on off switch that can engage a travel lock. Great feature if you or your father do a lot of traveling. Also, you have that ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. You can now shave in the dark. Of course, they've got that portable charger. That wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. All right. Have you ever had nose hair sticking out? How about that nose and ear hair trimmer? The best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops. Go ahead. Check out Manscaped. 20% off. And free shipping with code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. So, we sit here now on a Sunday afternoon looking ahead to Monday night's game in game number four. What do I want to see? I want to see aggression from the start. I'm tired of seeing the Clippers fall behind early. I want to see aggression from the start. I want to see good ball movement. There are times where the ball has been stopped on the offensive end. Enough of the isos. Move the ball. When the Clippers move the ball, that's when they get open shots on the perimeter. Drive and kick. It's what the Clippers do best. I want to see Kawhi and PG come out and shoot the basketball. Justin Wilson's been preaching this. Okay? Kawhi, PG, shoot. PG has not been good in some of these games. Okay? He was not good in game number 6 against Dallas. 6 of 15. Not good in game 7. 5 of 15. Not good in game one against Utah, 4 of 17. Not good in game number two against Utah, 8 of 18. A couple of shots came late when, frankly, it didn't really matter. Game three, 12 of 24. He needs to be aggressive. 24 shots. You need to see your best players putting up shots. Hopefully it goes. If it doesn't go, eventually, these two are good enough. The ball will go in. And guess what? If it's not going in, Contribute on the defensive end. Get stops. Those two are two of the best defenders in the league. Kawhi and PG. If it's not going well on the offensive end, go and hang your hat on the defense. Get stops. Defense leads to offense. All right? The three ball has been a pain in the neck for Utah. Guard the perimeter. Don't be silly. Don't leave your man when you want to try and double team when it's not necessary. Okay, play good defense. These guys that are on the Clippers now know what it's like to go down 2-0. They have the confidence. Winning that game three was absolutely massive. So as long as we see good performances by Kawhi and PG, a good start. Batum continues to do what he did. Four threes is massive from him. His ability to spread the floor against Gobert was huge. Reggie Jackson, keep doing what you do. Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. Pat Bev off the bench, provide the energy, provide the shooting if you're Luke Kennard. So the Clippers have it, guys. The Clippers have it. They've got 
the players. They've got the skills. They just got to bring that attitude to this game number four. So that'll be on Monday. That is tomorrow. We'll try and get a podcast to you midweek, hoping to get Shane Young of Forbes on the podcast. A big thank you to everybody for listening. Remember, at BD Marcus is where you can find me. At Hoopball Clips is the Twitter handle for the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Big thank you to you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to me just chat about what I've seen from the Clippers and what numbers have stood out. Because I think these numbers really do tell the story of what's gone on in the postseason. I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long and go Clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.